Hi, everyone. Welcome to Mixtape Mixtape. Podcast, podcast. I'm your host, Julia. And I'm your host, Mike. Each week, we pick a topic and make you a mix. What, Julia, what are we what doing is, this? <laughs> well, this week, I'm glad you asked. I'm really glad you asked. So this week, uh, you ever you ever found yourself singing a song from a band, and then you realize, oh, that band's been broken up for a long time, or they just broke up, or somebody died, unfortunately, and they're not together? That's what we're doing. We're doing bands that, that you wish were still together. Pretty much every band I listen to. Me too. of it just us in our intro but it's true it's like I, I i found this very easy to do because i was thinking of bands that are no longer together and i thought oh this is going to be hard because there's so many bands that are kind of back together now yeah you know like if you're a 90s kid and you really like the get up kids they still tour i just saw them you know what i mean like mm-hmm. if you like the specials they're still around if you like you know uh, whatever you could probably find the reinvented ver- the pixies you can find a reinvented version that still plays and I thought this is going to be hard and then I really thought about it. I'm like there are so many that aren't here it's yeah. so easy and even yeah. though some are reuniting they're not putting out new music right they're right. just playing the album that everyone loved 15 20 years ago which is good which is yeah. good like you know you've captured that moment in time and let's just mm-hmm. roll with that memos i'm gonna say this like we should come up with a manifesto for bands like a how-to for all these bands first thing um you can play your new song but that's when everybody's gonna pee and grab a beer so yes which I'm is so saying. sad like it is it's very sad i i don't know how, the way out of that like how do you get people interested in it because you know the first time they play it or the first couple times they play it live it's not going to register with people but probably a year or two later then they're going to be into it and you you miss your chance to see it i've always said it like our favorite bands are usually bands that that we that you kind of have a connection with from a time when you were totally invincible you know what i mean and it's kind of like that it's the 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 whole meaning behind that is essentially i've had years of experiences or or good times or emotional connections with these songs or this Mm -hmm. band and you need to have that time to build an emotional connection there was a time when satisfaction by the rolling stones was the new song you know what i mean Mm -hmm. there was a time when when uh shout out the devil was a new song by the crew and nobody knew it you know (laughs) exactly there was a time when hairdresser on fire or you know whatever uh whatever what that's not what the song's called it's called What's that I don't called? Panic? Dismissive. No. Yeah. No, that's Hairdresser on Fire. Oh, Hairdresser on Fire. There was a time when that was a new song. People were like, oh, okay, this is fine, I guess. Yeah. But I prefer, you know, whatever. So, yeah. So, yeah. Weird. Yeah, it, it, it's cool, though, when you think about it. Like, there's a lot of bands I really wish that I had seen or mm-hmm. uh, I could have seen. Not all of us are old enough to have seen The Smiths or, you know, there's people. We were just talking about the other day. I went to, I collect, um, as you know, uh, but the audience may not know. I collect a lot of artworks and prints, um, you know, art prints and stuff. Um, I don't have a lot of originals like like Julia's husband does, but I have some. Um, and uh, I, w- I go to the Framers in Chinatown in downtown L.A., and I went there yesterday. 
And Christina had this thing she wanted to get framed up, and it was a print that somebody did in Austin when we were there last of Mr. Rogers and uh, I forget the bear's name, the little bear puppet that he had. Uh, the tiger? Yeah, the tiger. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. the tiger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and I was the guy at the framers knows me really well right mm-hmm. i go in there he knows me by name he knows christina he knows my mom like he knows all these people oh right? they're, that's a really good framer highly recommend he's them so good yeah they're to a uh uh framing house and design in in Chinatown. In Chinatown. they just mm-hmm. moved to a new facility that's they're awesome anyway the guy who works there what up andy the guy who works there andy <laughs> he asked me uh i brought my mom in there like two years ago when i picked up some artwork and he asked me how's your mom doing Oh, is she, yeah, it's harder when people get older. Like he was talking to like, you know, like a, like a person does. It's pretty great. That, That's that a good business, business really good person. Business. Yeah. Really great business person. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, so, but he was looking at Christina's artwork of Mr. Rogers and he wrote it on the receipt instead of writing Mr. Rogers, which is a recognizable person. Clearly it could only be one person. Uh-huh. He writes it on there, man with a bear. And I was Aww. like, oh, it's funny. You wrote man with a bear that and I'm like, it's not really a bear. Uh, and he goes, he goes, oh, and he goes, who's, he goes, who's the man? And he goes, that's sweet. Who's the man? I'm like, that's Mr. Rogers. And I realized, oh, he is of that age where he didn't have Mr. Rogers. Yeah. You know, he didn't have any of that, which is pretty amazing to think about. Like, so he was a young, know. he's a young guy, right? He's probably in his late twenties. Like, oh, uh, then he wouldn't have 20s. seen. Cause I'm trying to think, do they really watch like even Sesame street? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, but that that's, you know, you think about that and that's, uh, that's kind of like none of, there's some of us where bands aren't in our lexicon and we find them later and it's way too mm-hmm. late. You know, there's, I had no hope of finding the Smiths. I didn't hear about the oh, Smiths until yeah. 1989. Like I, they were, there's it no way like I could have seen them. The Smiths, The Clash, any yeah. of those bands. I couldn't have seen The Clash. There's no way. I was mm-hmm. too young. I was way too young. Even uh, uh, the scene that I've. You know, when I got into the ska music scene, a lot of the bands weren't playing anymore, like your band or the hippos who I may play later. Uh, You know, a lot of those bands just don't. You're going to play them, too. No, (laughs) I might not. I have another band. Uh, We're peers. I don't play. I don't play the peers. Got it. Much as I love you. Hey, Rich, I know Rich is listening. As much as I love you, Rich, I can play the peers. You're my peers. (laughs) Equals. Uh, Yeah. So, you know. It, it happens to a lot of people. And even like kids like my nephew, who's 24, 25 this year, any of the like two, early 2000s bands, like Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, who I think still mm. play, but not all the time, you know, those Do bands. I, that, that'd be a really good one. I'd like to see them. Um, I think the last time I saw them was at the Glass House within yeah, the I'd last 10 years. I would totally so. have seen them. There, yeah. I mean, there's bands that hold up. The Pixies mm-hmm. still hold up. I don't think they're the same without Kim Deal, but yeah, they hold up. You know what I mean? Like they, it's sad to say, but Frank really is the driving force of that band. If he plays, then they're gonna sound like the Pixies. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's like rest in peace, but like Chris Cornell, anything Chris Cornell is in, he's it sounds like Soundgarden. I don't yeah. care if it's Audio Slave. The guitar doesn't make that big of a difference for it not to sound to for it to overcome the guy's voice he will always be a legend he will always even though i'm not a fan of soundgarden but i can record dude i can recognize the game man i can recognize that guy's game and it's i know people who are die hard soundgarden fans die hard pearl jam fans and all that from that stuff so well and that's like certain artists or vocal front people probably can't do other things because it i don't know it 
like Billy Joe of Green Day probably always has to be in Green Day because yeah. he has, well, he such has a solo stuff, but you're, it sounds just like him. Yeah. You know, it's not like he's going to do a crooner's record. Mm-hmm. It's not like Chris Cornell is going to do. Uh, he's going to do an album that sounds like Elvis Costello. It's just never going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's but it would be different if you who play the keyboards, piano, mm-hmm. goes from a ska band to like a Mars Volta type band. Oh, totally. You know, yeah. completely Which different Which I'm totally sound. open to. Yeah. I was in an Americana band for five years. Let me exactly. give me a break. You know, I, I love it. So, uh, yeah. No, but yeah. So, I don't know. Other topic. I just, different other, topic. Yeah, that's another topic. Um, but, so, being, being all that being said, uh, there's definitely some great bands to pick from. And it's almost too broad of a topic. Now, we always do this, where it's like we pick a topic. We're like, oh, that sounds good. It sounds like it'll be hard. Then we get into it. We're like, oh, this is actually super easy. Yeah. So, this one was relatively easy. And I did not pick Huey Lewis in the news. Sorry. Thank you. I also, I just as a disclaimer, I didn't pick any bands that were super obvious. Like, yes, the yes, I would have loved to have seen the Beatles. Absolutely. Yes, I would have loved to have seen the Clash. But the Beatles. Absolutely. The Beatles had enough time to be a band. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Oh, they definitely had an arc for sure. Uh, a they, beginning, they a middle, had enough and time. Yeah. yeah. Yes, they broke up, but they didn't break up after like whatever seminal record they made. Like they they ran their course is how I feel about them. Well, yeah, but you could argue that. I mean, there's people they that could, could argue go. what the seminal records were. But you're right. They they ended up on top, which is yeah. pretty amazing. Um, which actually leads me, I'll, I'll start because yeah, I have a band that it. segues perfect into that. Uh, talk about a band who uh, left on top. And we just talked about this recently on another episode. I forget uh, which episode it was, but, but uh, my band that I'm going to play is The Jam. Um, arguably, in my mind, probably, well the top three, three pieces of all time. I just think they're amazing. And they left on top. Um, we, last time we, we played something, I forgot what it was, but we played uh, a town called Malice. Uh, uh, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to play In the City because uh, I just think this band effing rocks. Dude, they're just so good. And uh, left way too early, I think. So here is the jam with In the City. I want to tell you yeah so what do you think i mean i love the jam and for someone i I don't know if i want to say my age or maybe someone who hasn't looked too deep into it i'm i love the music that they've put out but then i'm also happy that we got the style council out of it and then you get all of paul weller's solo stuff too yeah no i'm totally with that um The jam is so popular. There's jam cover bands that sell out like fifteen thousand seats. Really? <laughs> yes. I kind of want to go see one. Yeah, I know. Wouldn't you? It'd be pretty amazing when you think about it, right? Like that's pretty awesome. That would be but, pretty uh, fun. Yeah. Um, um, I forgot to mention this is our fiftieth episode. Oh, 50. We're over the hill. Over the hill. Over the hill. We and should have a party with like uh, tombstones and grim reapers. And <laughs> Go to Party City and buy up all totally. those. Totally. <laughs> it's our 50th episode. Well, that's great. Hey, you know what they say? The first 50 are the hardest. 
They are. <laughs> they really are. So we've done 50 full episodes and then Oh shit, really? Yeah. That's not and even then, counting the minis? Wow. No, we've done oh, about wow. 30. The next mini we do will be our 30th mini. Wow, you think we'd be much further along by now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because we do these things every other week, you know? Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's we, true. We lead such busy and important lives. No, I know. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. COVID. Um, no, I think it's cool. I'm glad I found a hobby and stuck to it, unlike roller skating or everything else that I do. So Yeah. Christina's bummed because all of her friends that she bought two pairs of roller skates and none of her friends roller skate now. So like I want to, I started practicing again in my garage last week. Your garage um, is treacherous, dude. It's like downhill. That's weird. No inside, like where we park. Oh, it's, gotcha. cut, it's rounded like a rink. So I was oh, doing yeah, yeah. that before I go back out onto the beach. Cause I don't want to embarrass myself out there. So practicing yeah. first you know when we were kids uh well when i was a kid i i started skateboarding obviously and uh i wasn't the best at it but it was like such a means to an end like i had to do it in order to get places mm-hmm. and get to the bus and to get here and there and get on yeah. the bus and go places so i became really good at it like at least just the transportation piece of it like not even getting crazy but i could ollie like over curbs and onto curbs and stuff and kind of have a relaxed style while skateboarding and uh i don't think if there were probably times where if i didn't have to i probably would have put that thing away and been like okay i'm done with this but uh you know so as adults you kind of have that freedom where oh well my car is right here i could just get into exactly (laughs) or like i've fallen i've fallen hard where i hurt my tailbone for like a month or two and i couldn't move and i'm too afraid to get hurt I'm like, there's too many cons. There's too many consequences to getting hurt as an adult versus being a kid. Yeah. So that's what I have, stops me. I have a friend a I went to high school with who was a skateboarder who mm-hmm. uh, had like a half pipe in his back. His dad owned a nursery and he has a half pipe in his backyard. And all these pros would come and skate it because there was no place to skate. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, shout out to Freddie Morales. What up, Freddie? But he has a uh, he has a skate park in Brea, California that he built himself like a bowl, like a wooden bowl. And that's his job is he runs this little like skate park for people to come and learn to skate. And I, I said, man, I wish I could skate again, but I'm just I'm so old and broken. Like, I don't want to fall and get hurt. And he goes, he showed me a video of yeah. a guy like bigger than me, older than me skating mm-hmm. the bowl. I'm like, OK, you're shaming me now. I get you. I get what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> there are some really cute. Um, I think there's one she calls herself like a the chubby skater or something like big girls at roller skate. Cause I think like, I think I'm too heavy to skate, but no. anyone can do it. Have you ever it's seen just, roller derby? Those chicks are not only big, they girls. big, but they're strong. Like, you know, yeah. So yeah, I'm just, no, I'm no a offense queen. roller girls. I'm a fan. I'm just saying it's like <laughs> you ladies are, you know, you're, you're, you're rough and tumble. I'm just saying. Throw so one more thing. Uh, there's a show on HBO right now called Betty. And it's okay. about this, um, female skater skateboard group um in new york city and it's based on a movie called skate kitchen and the movie is amazing the movie is so good and then a show was made a couple years later uh it's only like the third episode that's out and it continues our story so it's like these girl skaters in a group of in a world of men skating in in new york city and it's actually really in a world of men (laughs) skaters there was a hope that's fun. Okay, cool. I'll check that out. That sounds like right up my alley. So Yeah, watch the movie first, Skate Kitchen. Okay. Um, All right, well, what okay. do you have for yours? So I'm going to play a band, the Dead 60s. 
okay. who we got one album out of and then one remix album from and that was it awesome. and they were a great band they were like a mix of i don't know if you want to say like the specials and then gang of four and reggae and dub music and they came out in the early 2000s and then that was it and they were kind of a big deal for a hot second too um so a bummer to not have them anymore but let's hear loaded gun I didn't recognize the band name, but when mm-hmm. I heard the song and the voice, I was like, okay, yeah, I, t- I totally remember that band. Yeah, they were really good. Really they good. Had, they had a very distinctive sound for that early 2000s time period where it was all like indie garage rock type right. bands. Right. Especially yeah, was coming cool. out of the UK. So. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of a dead time too for a lot of that. Um, a lot of stuff that was more like even sky and like power pop influence stuff. There was a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that was, you were just indie Indie took a totally different direction, you know? So that, that's, a, that was a cool sound for that to come out. Kind of reminds me of, um, what's that band called? Uh, the hot, hot heat a little bit. Uh, oh yeah. Kind of reminds yeah. me of that. Yeah. That, that style. I liked that band. That, that was really good. I did too. They were really good. I remember going and parking. I didn't know I was going to school. Um, and I was like 20, I don't know, 25 or something. And I was going to school and I had to park my car by the hub cafe in Fullerton to walk to Fullerton college where I was going. And there was this dude in the parking lot going crazy with like three other people. But this one guy was going crazy and he was just, and he was playing the hot, hot heat. And I didn't know who the band was at the time. He's like, Oh my God, this band is so fucking amazing. And he's like drum air drumming and he's in the parking lot, just digging on it. And I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. this dude loves this band. So I asked him like, who is this? He goes, Oh, they're called the hot, hot heat. They're amazing. They're going to be huge. They're amazing. Oh my God, dude. I saw them live. They're amazing. I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. And uh, they're pretty good. Pretty they're good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Good. All right. I'm going to go with a band who was only with us a short time, but uh, influenced a lot of bands, um, mm-hmm. locally, not necessarily a global influence. Uh, but, uh, the band is suburban rhythm and, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, really good. Um, really influenced a lot of bands in the nineties, uh, or late. Well, I guess, yeah, the er- very early nineties and, uh, you know, fans include members of the Cadillac tramps and no doubt. And, you know, three eleven and all these other bands, but, uh, they uh they produced a, a, a record later um, after they kind of eponymous record kind of after they broke up but uh, Long Beach local Dennis Owens is in this band and uh, he is a uh, he's an awesome dude and I want to support him so here it is this is incomplete from the Punk versus Ska uh, compilation to to throw a little friendly nod out there Vegas but Records Vegas Records exactly here's incomplete by Suburban Rhythm.
then um, I loved those ska comps from the 90s because you heard so many different bands. And that that's one of my favorite songs on that album. Uh, yeah, on for that sure. Comp. It's definitely yeah. distinct. And so, yes. you know, if uh, Dennis has a distinct voice. The band was just doing really great stuff. And all the players were great. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, um, Ed and Jake, uh, you know, who it's uh, and Scott. It's like these guys, these guys that have all kind of played together, they really elevated what local music could be, you know. Um, and yeah. I think they brought it to where they could fit. I actually looked on a, uh, I was on Facebook and there was a flyer for this really great show that I want to say I went to, but I don't think I did. I think I just made it up in my mind that I went, <laughs> I think my friends went and I thought I went because uh-huh. uh, it was so long ago, but it was at this old West, uh, old Western town in Colton. It's where they shoot a lot of movies, um, old West movies. And they had like a main street, old town, Western main That's street. Cool. And it was hot as hell. And I remember, I, this is why I think I went because I remember it being dusty and I remember breathing in the air, dusty air and shit. But um, no doubt headlined. But it was the Skeletones, the Untouchables, Dave Wakeling, and then Voodoo Glow Skulls and all these other bands. But you look and Suburban Rhythm played. And then you look at like the very opener, the very cold opener at the start of the day was Face to Face. It was before wow. Face to Face was even anything. So it's pretty cool that I think. Uh, Hey, that's how that's how far back a lot of this goes. So uh, mm-hmm. if you missed it, kids, don't worry. A lot of people did, and you know, probably me too. It's just my memory won't allow me to say that I wasn't there. <laughs> Eventually, we need to do that Scott episode because there's so oh, much. Yeah. To now talk in the era about. of Zoom, we should do that. I can get Aaron. We should get Aaron to see if he'll do it. Or yeah, mm-hmm. no, let's we'll talk out loud. Let's talk. Yes. Let's talk about it. Talk out loud. Perfect. Right. Um, okay, so I'm gonna choose a band. I don't know. Uh, I don't want to sound like I'm so cool, but in the early 2000s, there was a band called the Long Blondes. Do you remember them? Okay. So I used to like them a lot. They kind of had that post-punky Brit sound, um, and they were female-fronted, and I just really liked them. And I think, again, they had like two albums or something, and that was it. But this is... I know. Well, that's that thing. I think I've said it before. If you don't make it by your third album, they usually break up or something. Yeah, it gets too hard. It's like yeah. you're just doing it, you know. Why to do continue it. on? Right. Um, but this is Once and Never Again from The Long Blondes. 19, That's a really cool song. That's that's a really good pop, you know, mm-hmm. power pop type of song. I, I love that there's the uh, the guitar that follows the the vocal melody and the thing. And it almost sounds like somebody's going ooh, but it's a guitar. Yeah. It's really cool. That's yeah. a, oh, that's very. I like very your cool. musical background and bringing they, uh, that eye into this. They kind of they kind of remind me of like the uh, what's that? There's a band. There's a Japanese band that plays in uh, Kill Bill five six seven eights or whatever they're yes called. yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of reminds me of that it's like this really cool 60s but with a punk mm-hmm. sensibility sound to it. it's really great oh i missed that i liked them a lot too i haven't yeah. thought of them in a while they still play they're, i think they yeah. still play in japan yeah. yeah or around i don't know uh well that was a cool one um i'm gonna bring it a little more mainstream um uh, this band definitely went out on top 
they uh, and for old people like me it's it's they were just absolutely great uh, the first record they did uh, was an eponymous record the, the I'm talking about the Stone Roses and mm. they you know the first record was so good it was they were people were fever fiending for the second record the second record came out it was huge and they went away so yep. it's like the, this band had a meteoric rise and uh, to the point where they still have crazy involved fans. They played, I think they played um, the Reading Festival like a few years ago and it sold out in minutes. Like Wow. So, yeah, Ian Brown uh, is the singer's name. Uh, the band is great. You've heard this song probably on your 90s recap weekend or whatever it is, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, here's Fool's Gold by the Stone Roses. Manchester band too. Uh, yes, I believe they okay. were. They they really started that Manchester sound. sound yeah. yeah. So I think they I think uh, they were one of them. Uh, another great music doc to watch. The Creation Records doc. Watch that. It's amazing to see all the bands that came out of that, including mm-hmm. Oasis, uh, including Stone Roses, Teenage Fan Club. A lot of these bands we mentioned it before, but uh, Creation Records documentary is on point like really good uh and it talks about the origins of that and how they basically started this sound and in the early 90s that sound before grunge that sound was everything i mean everybody had everybody sounded like that so other bands that kind of sound that way would not as good um the soup dragons were one um emf was another one uh you know they had they had a bunch uh happy mondays no no they're yeah they're more more shoegazy but yeah, yeah i mean happy mondays were from that time they were a little before probably but just great great really good really good and and uh still i mean like adidas still has like a they release like stone roses shoes like they i mean it's it's crazy it's crazy that they're they're fans they are the underground rabid fans of that time so awesome um i'm gonna play an old punk band we're just gonna play the sex pistols okay like the band that um, they're a little band. I don't know if you've heard of them. I've seen them in fashion magazines. Is that the same band? <laughs> uh, yeah, they're all over like five thousand dollar leather jackets from that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. Vivian Westwood's so punk rock. I can't afford any of her shit. So yeah, I had a wallet. I picked up a wallet one time, and I was like, "This is four hundred eighty dollars. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put this back." <laughs> you know what sucks now is I actually want like a nice wallet, and I want a Vivian Westwood one, but. I don't buy leather or any yeah. animal products anymore, so I'm like, well, there goes my well designer clothes. They have they she used to have like the those like um, almost like a tweed print ones, right? Yeah, I think they're still stuff. all. Uh, well, I should look because there might be yeah. like some vinyl. She ones, probably gave into that. I mean, she she has to. She's such an activist. Like right, right, she has yeah. to have some non-leather products. But we're gonna play the Sex Pistols. They really had one album, and then. That was it. But they sparked like a revolution in music. Revolution. Yeah. As they say. And they're known for, I feel like they're known, they just have a reputation more than they do their music. 
Yeah. When, well, when they're so iconic. When you think of a yeah. punk band, that's the band you think of, right? Like you yeah. think of everybody does. Everybody goes, oh, that those characters with the spikes and the thing and the bondage pants and the, you know, the safety pins and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So really, Vivian Weston Wood and Malcolm McLaren really started that. What, they came okay. up with the look. Would the Sex Pistols be the same if they were in, you know, Fred Perry's and no. khakis? No, not at no. all. Nobody would care. But the fact no. that they were this, it was part of the swindle, you know, it was part of the rock and roll swindle, which is great. But I think now if you had a band that sounded like the Sex Pistols, but dressed like, I don't know, they were in the shins or something. Yeah. That would right. be more yeah. acceptable now than it was back totally. then. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah, totally. But uh, let's play Pretty Vacant and then we can talk some more. Good song. Good song. That's really cool. Really cool band. I'm, and that's a good song to pick as well. I mean, they're just, you know, really Yeah, uh, it's really not solid. the God I Save think, the Queen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, right? It's, um, I I don't know. I mean, getting back to that, we don't have the benefit of not knowing what punk rock would be without that band. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. what icons are. You know, they, they're at that point where they're like, they set the standard for what it is. And so now there's, there's um there's going to be you know all these benchmarks that are set aside where they're oh well they start at the sex pistols and they end up wherever they end up but mm-hmm. but it's like you look at a band like the refused right and like oh they're like the sex pistols only a little more technical uh or, or the clash they're they're like the sex pistols only political or whatever and realistically all these bands are way different but they yeah. were the ones who were the first through the gate so it mm-hmm. is what it is you know and uh, if you miss the sex pistols um you should listen to Jonesy's Jukebox because yeah, we yeah. have Steve Jones. And I forget what stations that's on, but it, I know it's a lunchtime I think he has radio his own, like, show. XM station, too. Oh, does he? I yeah, okay. He I does. thought he was on like 95.5. Like, well, Yeah, he is on that, I yeah. think, too. Okay. But I, I challenge, like, no joke, I've been in my car. Um, this is going way back, years back, but when they first gave Jonesy a, a show, mm-hmm. there were times when I was stuck in my car, like I couldn't get out because I had to listen to what who he was talking to. Yeah, you know his. Uh, there's got to be an archive version somewhere of his interview with Chrissy Hind from uh, Pretenders. Man, it's so good. It is so great because she's she talks about it like a fan. You know, like I was a fan of this mm-hmm. music. I was a fan of that. Fan of that. And then he brings up all the stuff that she did. But she goes, yeah. But getting back to being in the crowd in London watching the Sex Pistols and watching Generation X. Like, she just wants to talk about music because she's a fan. I love that. She loves it. She loves it. And, you know, I've said it before. This girl moves from Ohio on a whim and goes to London to meet Mm -hmm. Ray Davies and ends up marrying him. Like, give me a break, dude. That's pretty crazy. So, anyway. Um, Okay, my next one, I'm going to stick again with more. They're a local band, but they were big. uh, Bigger. They got signed to Columbia. Uh, And I always play them when... We we had an episode about three-piece bands and... I love this band. They're they're really incredible. But the band is Firehose. Uh, it includes Mike uh, Watt on bass, uh, George Hurley on drums, and Ed Crawford, Ed from Ohio, on uh, on uh, guitar and vocals. And uh, this song, it's from Flying the Flannel. It's called Down with the Bass. It's 
one of the best. It's just it's such a great they're such a great band and and they they had their course. I think they ran their course. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they signed to a major and then kind of di- dissolved after that. This is not a band that should be on a major. Yeah, uh, it just isn't. But here they are, down with the bass by Fire Hose. From what you've played from them, it's, I don't love it, but it's okay to me. Yeah, it's not for you. You know what no, I mean? Like it's, it's not my thing. I'll put it to you this way. I went to, they reunited like in 2012 or something like uh-huh. that. And uh, they were playing Coachella and like on a side stage somewhere or whatever. And, uh, and your husband was booking the glass house at the time. And he said, when he said, Oh, just so you know, we passed on fire hose to play <laughs> in the in-between <laughs> shows between Coachella dates. Mm-hmm. We passed on them to play the the glass house. I don't think they're going to draw well. So they're, uh, they're going to probably play down in, uh, at like so in Solana beach or something. And they opened up for M ward. And, uh, so really, w- yes. That's so <laughs> seriously, it's like the only, I guess probably the only gig they get. I don't know. So we, I went there and we went, they opened and they played at like eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. And no joke, the f- there was 40 guys that looked like me, all white dudes, <laughs> beards, flannel shirts, mm-hmm. all like older white guys that mm-hmm. were watching them play. And they're, I mean, they're rocking out early and it was amazing. And then it's crazy because M Ward, you know, it's a pretty hipster guy. And He's so mellow. It's a guy in a guitar. Yeah, basically. And a yeah. lot of, lot of pretty girls. You want to know where the girls are, dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go to M Ward shows. Uh, but they they show they were showing it after like who is this like like they, almost like it was offensive <laughs> like, like yeah who is this band who are these idiots that are watching this band <laughs> well and like the only reason they girls were there to watch M Ward was because he was the other half of she, yeah, and, of him. she and him yeah exactly and exactly. That's or it. is is they still put is. out Christmas records right <laughs> they so do I, Christmas records yeah which is. Talk about smart as fuck. That, that's just smart. Like, mm-hmm. talk about something everybody's going to listen to. Oh, that's a new one. Let's let's listen to that. Great. Yeah. But, yeah. No, I understand that it's not for you. But, you know, going going back to, like, the Minutemen and all this, Mike Watt I really respect because he he was the first guy to really, in, in my world, to really say jazz, punk rock, rock and roll, it's all the same. It's all the same. Like, and you could be a kick-ass jazz musician and be aggressive and play this, or you could – you know, as long as you have a message, you don't you don't need to know where it's going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't need to know where it's going to end up. And it, and sometimes it's going to sound shitty and sometimes it'll be a rad jam that only three people in the world are going to get. But uh, Firehose is one of those bands, man. They were just awesome. So anyway, what do you got next? Um, I have a ska band. Uh, Shocking. Shocking. Not- <laughs> Shut up. You played one first. I know, I um, it, yeah. yeah. You played oh, Suburban Rhythm. Suburban Rhythm, yeah. Okay. It's not the hippos. I was thinking about it. Um, Meal Ticket. Oh, Meal Ticket's great. Yeah. Meal Ticket is one of my favorite bands. And they had two albums. And I'm trying to think if they ran their course. Because I know they they split up and then the guys became Pushover, Pushover, which is another great band. Um, But how much 
how many different ska albums can you make, especially like yeah. punky ska albums like sure. they were doing in the sure. early nineties. Um, but I don't know if you have any say on that. Well, yeah, I do play your okay. song and we'll talk okay. about it. So this song is worried about you. It's off of the 13 reasons or wait, 13 apologies. That's what it 13 is. apologies. I was going to say, yeah. I think, yeah, that's not it. Okay, good. Or misconceptions, but I really like the song. So I don't mean to argue even. Yeah, Go, uh, I like Meal Ticket. Um, so, <laughs> Gen I for Meal Ticket. Uh, when when I was coming up in bands, Meal Ticket played an awful lot, and uh, we we would see them around or whatever. And the first time I ever went on the road uh, to play a show, uh, we played this thing called Scott Patrick's Day. In, uh, <laughs> oh God! In uh, in in like Provo, Utah, uh-huh. and it was a huge show. I mean, it was huge. There was, uh, and I was 20 and yeah, it's Scott Patrick's day, which is the 17th of March, right? Is St. Patrick's day. My birthday is the 18th of March. So I was Mm -hmm. 20 playing this festival, almost 21. And, uh, I went out there and we were only supposed to play the one day. Uh, we were supposed to play a Saturday, I think. And, uh, and, uh, on, we went out because it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday deal. And so we went out early because the Aquabats were going out, and they're like, "Oh, you should come out, and uh, we'll um, we'll go snowboarding, and we'll do all this other shit." And Real Big Fish were friends with them at the time. They're like, "Come out, let's do this." So basically, we're we're Real Big Fish is headlining this. Oh, we played the Friday night, and, we're, and Real Big Fish is headlining the Saturday night. And mm-hmm. so right before they play, we were there all day. Aaron calls me. He goes, "Are you still in town?" I'm like, "Yeah, we're still here. We're going to come to the show tonight." And he goes, "Oh, awesome." He goes, "Do you guys want to play a set on our gear?" like before we play. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like, like 10 minutes. He goes, yeah, whatever. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever you want. He goes, I think you guys are, you know, it sucks that you played earlier on a Friday and where you should have been playing on Saturday, whatever. So you can play in mm-hmm. our gear. So it was really cool. We went down and played and it was, it was kind of a, a bridge, obviously small set and we played it and people loved it. And as we're leaving, uh, or as I'm off stage, I'm watching the fish play. Jen, I for meal ticket who played earlier that night comes up to me and she's like, I really love your guys's harmonies. She was an older woman at the time, uh-huh. right? Like I was a young, I was a kid, right? And uh, she was an she was an older older woman, but maybe just like two or three years old. I don't know how old she was, but she was kind of like on her way out of the ska scene. And she was talking to me, and I'm like, I was talking to her, and I was like nervous because, like, I was like, wow, she's from Meal Ticket. Oh my god, this mm-hmm. band. Oh wow, they're they're really big. And we end up talking, and I kind of like left the conversation however I did and somebody from my band goes dude she was totally flirting with you oh. <laughs> and I'm like oh no really oh no <laughs> like I totally didn't know I totally didn't know young naive Mike <laughs> so dumb so stupid <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the uh I actually really like meal ticket I think I think at that time there was a lot of bands that were that began based on um a sound that no doubt kind of had started. No doubt was kind of more of a funk. They were getting away from ska. They were really kind of more of a yeah. funk band at the time. And, uh, and bands like, 
and less punk rock, you know, and there's bands like Meal Ticket that said, no, we're going to do a punk ska band with this female singer. And mm-hmm. her, her voice is very similar to Gwen's like shrill parts, like when Gwen used to do that back in the day. And so. her voice can be hard to listen to. I will admit that. But I will also admit that I try to sing like her when I'm in my car. Like, yeah. it's it's she hits these notes that are really hard to do, especially yeah. with like yeah. a punk sound in the back. Totally. Totally. Like it, it's they just don't work with each other normally. Right. But that's their sound and it works for them. No. And Meal Ticket was great. They had a really big, uh, big following for a while mm-hmm. there. And then Pushover was good after. And the guys in Pushover were really super cool, too. So, you know, like I, I've never had a bad word to say about anybody um, in particular in bands, but particularly them. They were always really cool people. So Pushover was great. I love yeah, them. Really cool. I anyway, will. Good choice. I'm trying to think. When I was younger and I was watching like Blind Date or something, a girl, a guy walked up to her door. She opened the door. She was wearing a meal ticket tank top. But now that I think of it, I think it was Jenny. Like, I think she was on Jen. I sorry. (laughs) I think she was on Blind Date and wore her own band shirt. I okay. swear I saw this. Hey, man. Yeah. Whatever. I always thought she was, like, married or something. Like I, She she just seemed like she was more mature than, than any of the kids in the scene at that time. But who knows? Who knows? We should Your pull turn. the demographics of this show and see how many people from Orange County actually listen, because otherwise we're boring the world. <laughs> <laughs> people have said that we open their eyes to new music, or at least people, people have told me. People have said that. They're liars. People say things. People say some things. They <laughs> say, say a some lot things. of things. I think Dwight should have his own podcast where we just kind of like, he just, you know, we kind of just do like thought bubbles of what he's thinking. <laughs> that'd be better. I think that'd be, you know, a video. We'd probably cast. get a lot more uh, likes totally. for that. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to play a band that's quintessential uh, Orange County. Uh, very influential at the time, even now. Um, uh, and, uh, but, uh, what am I going to say? Uh, Cadillac Tramps. I'm going to play Cadillac Tramps. Okay. Um, cause they, uh, this band, they crossed over. Like they, they, no, no band ever wanted to follow them. And there were so many bands that they influenced. And this is another one. I mean, bands as diverse as, you know, I mean, Chris Shiflett from at the time, no use for name now in Foo Fighters talks about them like they're his favorite band. Nick Hexum from 311 again, Reverend Horton Heat. I mean, across these broad genres, the Cadillac Tramps really brought it and one of the best bands of all time. And uh, if you're not familiar, um, their singer Gabby, he started Manic Hispanics. I uh, passed away a couple of years ago. Rest in peace to Gabby. Um, and uh, in the band, they've had multiple members uh, pass away from, you know, uh, from different things, but the Cadillac Tramps were a band that were they were all sober, and so they had all kind of found each other in sober living and and mm-hmm. tried to try to be this band that was a rocking band that didn't need drugs, and then of course, hey, you know, <laughs> they end up some of them end up coming to drugs, but Johnny Two Bags uh, is in the band. He he, uh, this is where he got to start. He now plays guitar for he's a solo artist, but he plays guitar for Social Doesn't Distortion. He- doesn't he do like more Americana stuff too? He does, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But uh, here is Hoodoo Guru by the Cadillac Tramps.
I like that semi. Oh shoot! What was I gonna say? Semi rockabilly esque sound, but not really yeah. full on. They were they were a punk band, a really good punk yeah. band, and they got put into this rockabilly thing where they play a lot of like, you know, hoot nannies and things yeah. like that. And it's like, dude, that's not that's not really. I don't think we're really where they fit, but they you know they they were a great band and and uh, gone too soon. I think that band they they basically they were they were the band that was like to like sign a big deal and mm-hmm. it just never happened it never happened for them and uh then i think gabby started drinking again and whatever and it kind of went the band went away yeah um but and then and then you know two bags went on to play in u.s bombs and then he and uh, a couple other bands and then he and i actually got called by mike ness and it's like you're being called by orange county royalty at that point you know you gotta join you gotta the go. cause yeah. but there's a great documentary on um on uh uh, Amazon Prime uh, about that and it's really about addiction and it's about um, Gabby's final days uh, he ended up passing away like I said um, and uh, it's very very I mean really great really great so if you there's a lot of footage that was recorded from the last time Cadillac Trams played at Alex's bar in Long Beach so there's a lot of great history uh, in that in in the uh, in that doc so please check it out if you can Anyway, awesome. Um, I'm going to do another like early 2000s. I don't know how to describe this band. I'm just going to play them. And I don't know if you've heard them be your own pet. Yeah. I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know how to describe them. Um, but I used to like this song and they don't play anymore. So there you go. They fit. And the song is Damn Damn Leash. You got me on a leash. Sounds a lot like uh, reminds me of Gang of Four bands like that. You know, it's really cool. Kind of, yeah. yeah. A little punky, little indie, electronic. It's just that sound. Yeah, no, me, it's good. So. And you could tell, like at the time when that came out, how that's bands like that really had their way. They found their way at that yeah. time. That's really cool. But yeah, they uh, crazy, crazy to think about all these great bands that are no longer there. Uh, this band. Um, I think it was super influential. Why a lot of bands love this band. It's an oddly enough another three piece. I don't know why I'm doing all these three piece bands, but uh, it's Husker Du. Um, oh, I was gonna play them too. Oh really? Well, there you go. Yeah, you go ahead. Beat the punch, man. I know. Um, but uh, Husker Du, crazy influential band. Um, they were really a lot of the, a lot of the first that, you know, they did for their style of alternative music, quote unquote. They were really the ones who did that. REM gets a lot of credit for that. But I think Husker Du really was the band that that kind of did alternative music the way we know it now. Uh, and uh, anyway, so this is Don't Want to Know If You're Lonely. This is it's off of uh, Candy Apple Gray. I mean, this is like their big single. So if you never heard of Husker Du, here you go and enjoy it. Sure, but I don't have the 
I've always liked Husker Du. I like everything that they put out, especially that album. Um, I just always thought it was really great. Yeah, they and, have a. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, was he gay? Yeah, he's was, gay. Yeah. Um, and at a time when I don't think anybody, even even in a progressive punk in rock that scene, time, yeah, yeah, he actually has a book. Uh, Bob Mould wrote a book, and it's really good. Um, it's it's one of the only books that I actually. I couldn't go to the signing for it, but I I wanted it, and I sent my my friend went, and I got Bob Mould to sign it. I was all stoked about it. So, mm-hmm. really cool book uh, that he wrote, and there's also a great documentary about Husker Du on Amazon, uh, so you can look that up. But uh, a few years ago, Grant from Husker Du passed away, and uh, at that point, it's like he was really fifty percent of the writing team as well, mm-hmm. and. It's just sad. It's just sad that bands like that were starting to see this point where a lot of our heroes. I think he died in 2016, which is when Bowie wow. died and all those bands. Mm-hmm. Everybody was dying. And uh, you just hit like, that age. Yeah, you You're hit a point. Yeah, where it's and, and you start to think these people are like heroes and they're not and they're not old. You know, these people aren't old and they're not living to be 90 years old and dying. And, and you know. It's kind of like that Gen yeah. X mentality when Gen Xers start dying. It's like, damn, that's that's really hits me hard because that's that's my generation. So <laughs> you better start taking care of yourself. Exactly. <laughs> you got to think of like you in. Is it going to be like I'm not saying you, but people our age. Is it 2030 when? Yeah. We're going to start capping out and like you're going to see a lot of musicians in this age like. Ben Gibbard and all that stuff, like Chris Caraba. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks, Chris Caraba, for liking our post. <laughs> that really made my morning. Yeah, that's cool. It really well, helped. Well, at least your social media manager did. <laughs> yes. <Whatever. laughs> I doubt Chris Caraba is like is like yeah, looking checking sure. his own Instagram, but whatever. <laughs> okay. And he's got all those te- those tank tops to cut and like you know. Those holes got to be as big as possible. Got to see nipples. Got to see nipples. Got to see scrawny arms. Oh, God. (laughs) Um, Okay. So this next band is kind of going to follow suit with Be Your Own Pet. And I just um, was looking at their Wikipedia and the name of that music kind of came to life again. Uh, Electro Clash is kind of what it was called. Like early 2000s. And Gravy Train was one of them. Yeah. and Gravy Train broke up and then moved on to be Hunks and His Punks, which is another like electro uh, dancey. Electro it's weird. It's the same pop. name that I have for my penis puppetry group. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Hunks and His Punks was like, it's all like gay dudes. It's like exactly. huge in the gay community. Well, oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So fitting. fitting um, yeah. But here is Hella Nervous. song is hilarious i think it's good yeah yeah it's they're dirty they're raunchy um and and thus they're funny and good you know funny beats good like you know what i mean like is the music super complicated no but (laughs) it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be that's a great thing about music right just just if you have an idea just go do it just go do it worst case scenario you sound like a cover band of whoever 
you know best case scenario (laughs) you're so unique that it's like this is dope like whatever it is Mm -hmm. this cocktail is perfect the way it is you know what i mean so that's really cool and you know again thank you mike watt for telling me that all music is all music well (laughs) um what is it it's like art for the sake of being art you know like it doesn't have to be deep it doesn't have to be so soulful it doesn't have to strike a chord or like revolutionize everything it can just be fun and just be out there well and that's what to be you know, talking to the art guy yet talking to the framer yesterday who sees everything from i mean they do all these gallery stuff so a lot of famous artists from ben i and banksy a lot of these guys use framers like this and so it's cool to talk to about art about them to them because they're like art is all subjective the only thing yeah. that makes Banksy worth fifty thousand dollars, we've de- or and more million dollars, is that we've decided that a collective, like mm-hmm. as a collective, we decided this is really important. The truth is, there's some great artists out there that have no recognition, and art is totally cheap. But if it speaks to you as a person, and you know, the you could talk all day long about the importance of Warhol. You could talk, you know, of Kandinsky. Any of these guys that were way showers from for modern art before but we've decided as a collective that they're important and that's why they're important otherwise this is a guy who made xerox copies of soup cans yeah really i mean let's think about it you know Mm -hmm. it's now it's up to somebody else who's way more educated than i am to tell the oh well that's how the media was progressing at that time and we could do this and and lithographs were this and that and they whatever was a it was a take on pop collage whatever i'm just saying that it speaks to some people and that's why it works and so mm-hmm. music's the same way. So there is, there really is no bad music. There's just music that's not for me, uh, or that I don't get. You know. So yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's all it's all art. So we all kind of have to appreciate it for that. That's what America, I think, has a problem with doing. Is we kind of look at something as commercial or not, or or uh, whatever. That's rock and roll or not. Or, or anything. Even like, um, sorry, I cut you off all the time. I just no, get excited fine. about a topic. No, but no, like, please. I'll talk. I'll keep talking. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so like I sew, I've been making masks. Everyone keeps telling me, sell the masks, sell them, sell them. Just because you have a hobby doesn't mean you need to monetize it or profit off of it. Like it's your just choice. do it's your something. Choice. Yeah. yeah. Like roller skating. Oh, you should be in roller derby. And then you could do this, this, and this. And I'm like, no, I just want to roller skate. Like you, again, America every hobby you do people want a piece of it and think that you should be like you said you should be selling your goods and selling your wares and you should make it a business and do this or that but that takes the fun out of it a lot of times yeah and and and, uh i think that we as a culture have a problem with everybody has the the horatio alger myth right in 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 the united states where it's like pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Field started making cookies in her garage and now she's got all these locations or yeah. Hagen Dawes was this type of ice cream and then it blew up. And then, you know, see where my mind is. It just goes to that. But like, <laughs> you know, Sun Records was just a small little thing until they saw Elvis and then it was this, mm-hmm. you know, they made, okay, great. But for every one of those, there is a thousand more, more that people just, oh yeah, I just, I started making guitars and I like making guitars. You know, I started uh, whatever. I started painting and I just like painting. I do it for myself. Exactly. And who knows at a garage sale 60 years from now, if my, you know, um, my uh, 
paint wine party pug on a beach that I did. Somebody finds it. It's like, this is amazing. Look at these lines. Look at this and that. And mm-hmm. they appreciate it for the stroke work and all this other stuff. And it's like, yeah, okay. That was a dude that went for his sister's birthday party and drank some wine and did a painting. You know, it's, you know, it's like, yeah. I don't know. Somebody decided, somebody decided that it was important. It became important. That's yes. why, that's why Banksy's important, right? That's why, uh, mm-hmm. that's why, uh, anything on your is walls important. is important. Anything on my wall. Yeah. Yeah. It's important because we've decided that it has a meaning. Nothing has any inherent meaning unless you give it to it. I don't care if it's a relationship, if it's, uh, a higher power, whatever. It doesn't have any meaning until you decide it has meaning. Okay. So decide every day to love your people and then they will be loved. <laughs> also wine and paint places are kind of a scam because you assume that you get the wine for free but no oh you no. gotta I buy think, your I own you wine. bring your own wine no you have to bring your own wine some of them have bars but you have to buy all your own alcohol you think that it's included in what you're i would never to do. think that i would really never think i did that. it's only I like 40 it, bucks like how could they give yeah, you the wine too? at least one glass of wine i would assume that they would give you your first glass and then everything else after that you have to pay for you know what I'm going to open the wine paint parties and I'm going to make the wine included and it's going to be 150 bucks, but people get wasted. <laughs> totally. What up, kid? What up? <laughs> All right. So it's my last song. Yeah. Um, sad 50th episode. Last song. But you've done great so far. I know. Thank you. Thank you. That's why I do it for the encouragement. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm playing a lot of older bands and I don't know. I guess that's I guess it's just who I am as a person. I don't know. Uh, but uh, this band I really love and I think – they tried to do it. Singer tried to do a solo career by himself. The band tried to do a band by themselves. And neither of them were very good, I don't think, compared to the greatness that the Talking Heads was in yep. the early 80s. So here's Psycho Killer by the Talking Heads. Really just a phenomenally good band that the egos just couldn't make it happen. It just is what it is. you know. And, mm-hmm. and here they are, Psycho Killer, Talking Heads. I'm nervous and I can't relax. Because my bed's on fire Don't touch me, I'm a real live wire Psycho killer I think Talking Heads are on like my top five list of favorite bands um, yeah. They were on this list. I was going to play them too. I was going back and forth on playing them. But yeah, one of my favorite bands of all time. So you'd enjoy this. And since you're kind of a shut in like all of us now. <laughs> Thanks. Um, no, no offense. It is what it oh, is. Oh, no. I know uh, what I am. So um, watch this movie. Uh, there's a movie about CBGBs. Um, Alan Rickman plays Hilly. Yeah. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. No, I've heard of it. It came out recently or within um, like the last few years 10 ago. years. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Alan Rickman, so R.I.P. But um, but it's really great because it has this guy who opens. Uh, look, I went to the Bowery in 1989, okay, with my family. Like my dad's from Jersey, and or 1988, and my dad was uh, sick and you know ended up passing away. But we we went there as kind of like a last hurrah, so my dad could see a lot of these old haunts and places. And going to Manhattan at that time was. As a kid, I just remember it being treacherous and ridiculous and yeah. dirty and just disgust. Like, what is this place? Like, who would have a city like this? This is crazy, right? As a kid, in my little kid mind, 12-year-old mind. Um, but, uh, you know, seeing this film, which is, it's a drama. I mean, it's a regular movie with a script and everything else. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's a documentary. But 
how like how true it is when you see Alan Rickman, you know, he he opens CBGBs and there's literally like homeless dudes sleeping right out front, rats like just you know, a burned out building two doors down. Like, I mean, people living in the upstairs part of his building that he doesn't even know, like in the attic, you know, whatever. I mean, it's just a, a, a shitbox place. But then, you know, what the great part is, is you have, he has an open mic and he lets the Ramones play and yeah. nobody knows who they are. And then across the street, David Byrne lived with the talking heads literally across the street from CBGB's. He's like, Oh, I'd like my band to play here if it's all right. And they were the talking heads. It's yeah. really great to see all this, the, the lineage of it. But uh, these bands that became really important, um, we've all decided they were important, and they were important to art and music at the time. So anyway, love it. Go check that out. So now we've got like only only about 10 documentaries and movies that you should watch based <laughs> on this episode. So there you go. I should just make a list of all the ones that I've watched well, recently and put it out. You should. You should. Um, we'll make a post about it. Give us your recommendations on what we should watch. And then you and I need to do the like watch party for a documentary, and we'll do an episode about that. That's we cool. still got to yeah. figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Cool. Um, well, this is your last song then, right? Yeah. I was going to go with like another indie band from the early 2000s, but starting to think that there could be a chance that they could come back. Oh, at they're any all time coming soon. back. Like, so that's what, that's what I ran into. I went old because none of the, it's like, you think about these bands. Well, that band still plays. That band still plays. Like, well, okay. one band I know that is probably never going to come back even though they should, especially after this pandemic, is Oasis. I have Oasis on my <laughs> list, too. I, have Oasis I was like, is that too, too obvious to play them? Like, oh, that'd be great if they did. That'd be great. Oasis is just great. You think that they would and do, like, give all the proceeds to the NHS or something? That'd be sick, yeah. Like, that would be a way to do it and get to get them back, but I don't know, those they're never going to get along. So it probably won't ever happen. Nope. You're stuck with Noel Gallagher and his high flying birds. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the other one has his own band too, right? Does he? I forget which one I like more as a solo artist, but, um, he's a fashion icon that doesn't make, uh, clothes for men. That's what's weird. It makes clothes for <laughs> small people. Very small, small British people. people, small British people. Like I walk into the store and they're like, leave immediately, leave immediately. <laughs> we have no rugby clothes here. John wears their stuff. You could, you should be able to wear their clothes. I'm way broader than John is, though. The shirts come up to my belly button. I mean, crop tops for dudes are cool. It's summer. Ooh, look at that bear daddy with that paisley shirt. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on where you go. Yeah, exactly. It could be hey, a good thing. I could, you know, I'm going to open a pretty green store, and it's going to, it's like, no, that's how it's supposed to fit. And it's all for plus size, like bear daddies <laughs> in Santa Monica. It'll it's be very, huge. And very then, specific and audience. We'll sell all this shit, and then Liam Gallagher will have to come out. And he's like, "What is this?" <laughs> <laughs> and then you show him your business model. You show exactly. him how much you're making, here's, and here's he runs with it. Yeah, I love it. I love it, mate. I love it, mate. <laughs> all right, uh, we're gonna play "She's Electric" from Great. Oasis off like of it. "What's the Story, Morning Glory." What's the story, Morning Glory? I just so realized good. listening to it that it's uh-huh. the same progression as their other song. 
called uh, <laughs> yeah i'm sure i think it's is it fucking in the bushes or uh something on that same album or no 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 it's on the first album um yeah anyway it's either it's either fucking the bushes or uh on definitely maybe yeah uh, uh, what is the cigarette song oh cigarettes and alcohol cigarettes and alcohol Mm -hmm. yeah 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 it's very similar it's very similar progression if you listen yeah well Uh, that's that kind of makes a good band too like when you have these poppy um rhythms or whatever and i don't know people love it yeah. I'm an Oasis no. fan. I I'm like a big it. Oasis fan too. Yeah. I, I like Oasis a lot. If uh, if you want to get if you want to know how big Oasis is, they have an album called Familiar to Millions, uh, and it's basically a live collection of them playing at uh, I think it's at Wembley Stadium, but it's absolutely incredible. If you have good speakers, put it on and listen to that. Just listen to Don't Look Back in Anger. Like at the time, oh my god, I love hit. that song. And they don't have to say a word. They just step away. And it's it's like Chris Caraba only, like, really important. <laughs> <laughs> there's just, there's like 100,000 people mm-hmm. all singing the chorus. Like, they can't even get a word in because yeah. people just love it so much. That song and is so good. If you're from England or you're from the UK, or you're from Europe, basically, when that song came out, there was really nothing bigger. Uh, that band was, that band was huge. And, uh, you know, think about how important, music is to people it's like that to be familiar to millions is pretty amazing you know mm-hmm. and, and that that band is uh pretty incredible and and the fact that they just had you know they were entertaining you know they were in, just blokes that wrote good music is pretty awesome when you have accidental talent like that where it, it's deemed accidental where these guys are writing important songs and doing important pop songs but they're uh like they stumbled over at working class blokes that just happened to pick up a guitar they could just as easily have you know joined a football club or whatever it's that's pretty cool too that's like the that's like the the uh you know the genius artist sitting in red even though i don't think they're geniuses but you know the genius artist kind of that just stumbles over this talent so good totally choice. and another I, band i had him on mine too I had did you what were you gonna play i was going to play don't look back in anger from familiar oh. millions <laughs> i think i think i played that song but i can't remember on what episode i, I think that somebody recently. i think either you did yeah. or i did i don't know yeah. yeah yeah we may have well that was cool hey so feeling good at 50 i know we never looked better we never looked better okay some people but, say over the hill not no. me no you know what i like to thank oil of Olay for keeping me young i like thank to thank you. ben gay <laughs> for how long uh i'd like to thank ben gay for all my joint treatments it was really nice uh geritol a uh, metamucil these are all things <laughs> can't wait for I, my uh what is it my n double oh shoot what's not that your NAACP. <laughs> not my n double acp you can ha- get that now and you probably should i know uh but uh but yeah oh, you're uh, AR- aarp aarp yes yeah i'm actually oh god i don't want to talk about that i think i'm like 10 years away from that like i think i think they actually give that out oh god yeah wow. hold on i have to i have to go I mean, I got to go too. I'm looking at properties up at Leisure World. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at those two, and, and my quilting club starts. I'm going to get into a bridge, my bridge <laughs> meeting later. A Zoom uh, bridge meeting. Oh, my yeah. God. And I'm going to go get coffee with the boys down at Norm's, and we're going to sit around and talk about this, <laughs> about this damn president. Yeah. So, anyway. All right. Okay. Well, that well, was fun. Hey, this was a good here's topic. to 50 more. Keep going. I know. Right. We- we got to do at least 50 more and then we'll give up. Yeah. Or we'll run out of ideas, whatever. 
Okay, so should we do like three a week until we get there, or what do you God, think? no. <laughs> <laughs> we can make it no. in half a year and be done with this. <laughs> no, I run out of no. things to say. Yeah, okay. All right, well, hey, uh, okay. I w- is there any announcements you need to make about anything? No, 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 no. nothing, um, nothing, nothing. There's a video coming soon from uh, Bobby Bambi uh, that's in the works. Uh, cool. So I can tell you, I really have nothing else other than that, that we're not playing anywhere. Uh, we had one show in June. And it was canceled because of COVID. I so. know. COVID. <laughs> I'm going to do the COVID-19 remix. We're going to play a Bambi song. And then in the middle, it's going to be like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then it's going to break right back into like the regular song without a beat change or anything. Be like, oh, <laughs> like these, guys are just, these guys are just opportunists. <laughs> They're just doing the COVID <laughs> remix. It doesn't make it a COVID remix just because you say COVID in the middle of the song. <laughs> well, it does now. All right. Well, hey, have a good week, and we will talk soon. Bye. Bye. Mixtape Mixtape Podcast Podcast was created by Julia Halpern and produced by me, Christina DLT. Sound engineering by Dwight Francis Productions. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes Podcasts, CastBox, iHeartRadio, or wherever fine podcasts like this are found. For more content and a list of songs for each episode, head to our website, mixtapemixtapepodcast.com, or find us on Instagram at mixtapemixtapepodcast. See ya!